Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Good morning, church. It's great to be with you all. I tell you what, if you... uh... It's something special when you, when you have not enough room on the stage for all the kids in the, in the church. That's a, that's a great problem to have. Um, hey, if you are with us this morning, first and foremost, if you're a visitor, if you're new, if you are a friend of a friend, my name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, do me a favor. Find one of the black attendance pads. Let us know that you are worshiping with us. If you have any prayer requests, please write those down. We go through those each week as a staff, and we pray over, over those prayer requests. Um, also, please know, when you give to this church, you are giving to help raise this body. All of those kids that you saw up here, what an amazing thing to see. All of those kids go flooding back over there. We are busting at the seams. And when you give, when you give to this church, you are helping raise up each of those individuals. See giving as a part of the mission of this church, of the DNA of this church. We have giving boxes where you can give online. But it's, again, as Ben said, it's not a to-do thing to check off the list, but you're living into the mission, the DNA of who we are as SnapNAS. Well, I'll draw your attention to the bulletins this week. Please stay connected with everything that is going on. Uh, Speaking of which, if you missed yesterday, four different churches of Napoleon gathered together over at St. Paul, and we had hundreds of little kids gather for our Easter extravaganza, and it was really really cool to see hundreds and so many of you and I thank you for coming out and participating in that being part of our local body to to take part and sharing that time Um, so that was really cool but this is this is holy week so we have activities going on we still have our Wednesday night activities um, so those will be as regularly scheduled good Friday though this coming Friday at 6 p.m. we'll have a good Friday service again I would invite you back for that. It is a beautiful, intimate, it's nothing like what you see here on a Sunday morning. It's unique. It's a time of reflection um, as we walk through scripture and as we see what Christ did for us. Um, so that's 6 p.m. No, no nursery during that time, but uh, come Easter Sunday, we'll have three different services, 7.30, 9, and 10.30. And you'll see in your bulletin that uh, we'll, we'll have uh, the nursery open during the 7.30 service, but it won't be manned. Um, and so the those are all the things that we got going on. Also, add to your calendar. We've been talking about it. May 7th, May 7th, uh, we will be having Serve Sunday. So if you've been here for a few years at least, you know that sometime in May, we part from our regularly uh, scheduled programming on a Sunday morning. We gather here for a brief moment, and then we go out into the community, and we share, and we serve, uh, doing all sorts of projects that the city has for us, and partnering with neighbors, and cleaning up yards. So be, be sure to know that Serve Sunday is May 7th this year. I think that's all. I think that's all I'm supposed to say, at least. Hey, would you join me in prayer as we continue to dive into the Lord's Word? Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for everything that this week means. We thank you for uh, all of the students, all of the kiddos, all of our volunteers that help out with them. Father, would you be with me as we walk through this word? May my words simply be an overflow of what you've done in my life. May they be your words speaking through me. 
may I simply be a vessel. Would you break open our ears and eyes to see you, to experience you, to hear from you. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. We are in the end of our journey through Luke. A journey that we started way back during Advent, the last Sunday of, the, of November. And as we approach the end, it's only, it's only appropriate that in this moment, as we go into Luke chapter 21, that we're going to speak on a topic that can sometimes be confusing. It can sometimes be difficult, and it honestly has stressed a lot of people out, and that is the end times. And as we read through the end times, we start to see, okay, man, I don't want to be a part of whatever happens in those end times. Because whenever I read about it, I get scared, I get confused, and it just seems absolutely terrible. Well, I hope today, as we walk through what is considered the end times, this topic that Jesus walks us through, that we won't be so much um, stressed or confused or terrified of what is to come, but instead that we will walk out of here with hope and courage, and boldness, knowing that there is something truly amazing going on. Because at the beginning of Luke, we learned how God was including everybody, the least of these, to be a part of his plan. Then we see how Luke continues to show us who Jesus is. We're introduced to his ministry, to his power, to this relationship that he has with God the Father. And and then all of a sudden, in the second half of Luke, we are being invited, hey, Is Jesus worth it? Is Jesus enough to follow in our day-to-day path? And so today, as we read, just as Ben mentioned before, we know that everybody who is following Jesus at this point in time, they have a certain expectation in mind. They have certain expectations of what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come in. He's going to conquer the Romans. And they're going to experience peace on earth in a way that they've never seen before. And Jesus pauses that and says, Oh! not quite, it's not going to be quite like you expect it. There's going to be peace, and there's going to be hope, and there's going to be joy, and there's going to be love, but it's not going to be exactly what you think it's going to be like. And so we enter into Luke chapter 21, and we're going to be halfway through this monologue, and we all of a sudden see like, man, I don't want to be a part of any of this. And Jesus is like, no, 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 hold on. You're going to want to be part of everything that I have in store for you. It's not going to be what you thought it was, but it will be worth it. There was a time at the end of my college days, uh, my brother and a best friend and I, we decided we were going to take this quick road trip, three days. And in three days, we, we drove up to Niagara Falls. We headed up through Canada, and then we drove up into New Hampshire. And uh, at the end, it was about midnight, and it was raining, and we were trying to set up our tent. Well, then Jordan, my brother, he, he ripped a hole in the tent as it was raining, so we had to sleep in the car then. And we got up the next morning, and we went on this hike. And after the hike, we went up to Maine, and and then the last day of the trip, we, we had breakfast in Maine, lunch in Boston, dinner in New York City, and then drove home. And that was it. Quite the journey. And there were issues galore. At one point in time, we had a runaway car running down the hills of the top northern Appalachia Range. Jordan was screaming. He was trying to keep it from going on off the side of the hill. We were going crazy. Rain in the tent. 
Well, one point in time, as we were trying to hike up this mountain, it was May, and we're flatlanders, so we weren't used to elevation and what that has, the effects of that. And, well, there was snow, and we weren't used to the snow on the ground. And it's because it's May, and we're walking, and we're like, oh, man, we're trudging, and I'm falling in the snow, and we're making fun of each other. Well, at one point in time, on this hike, we get to a certain point in time, and we see it's just a flat sheet of rock, steep, too. And because of the snow that's melting, water is flowing over it. Not super heavy, but enough to be like, whoa, wait a minute. Flat sheet of rock, water, we don't necessarily have the best shoes on. And Well, what are we going to do? And we, we look to the other side of the steep sheet of rock that has water flowing on it, and we're like, well, we don't see a clear path. We don't see a clear trail. We know that the summit is somewhere past that, but we're not quite sure what to do, where to go, or how to do it. And so we stop, and we turn around, and we didn't make it up the hike. In the midst of this grand journey, this quick three-day thing, we wanted to climb to the top, and it would have made all of these other issues worth it. But we didn't get to the top, and we turned around and climbed back down. And when we get to the bottom of the hill, we ended up running into another hiker who had come down from another side. We were talking to him, and he's like, guys, you missed it. If you just kept on going right around the turn, just a little bit further, that was the end. The summit was right there. You could have, I mean, all you had to do is cross that part, turn the corner, go a little bit further, and that was it. And we, oh. Talk about discouragement. Talk about what, how could we miss it? What did we just do? I mean, at this point in time, there's no, there's no turning back. We had to continue on our quick three-day tour, and we were so discouraged. We had been justifying to ourselves the entire time. Well, we had, we had to turn around. We had no idea what we were doing. We had to do this. Yeah, we, we made the right decision. We made the right decision. All the while, this guy, he was experiencing the end, and he comes down. He says, you missed it. You missed it. And so the rest of the trip, we, we just thought, wow, we had this amazing vantage point ready for us, waiting for us. We knew that the end was there. We knew that the end, it was supposed to be worth it, but we couldn't see it. So we turned around, discouraged, disheartened. You know, friends, all throughout our lives, and this is a very pointed story, I recognize that, but all throughout our lives we walk through seasons of pain and chaos and turmoil and when we don't see the end in sight we continually think to ourselves i just got to turn around i don't know where to go it's clearly too dangerous to keep on going i can't see the end in sight i just got to turn around i'm done i'm done i'm done And yet as Christians, we're told, be full of joy, hope, always have that smile on your face because Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, this is the end, Jesus is coming. And we repeat this to ourselves, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and we think that this is enough to get us to the finish line. But knowing the end Knowing that there was an end to this hike, it wasn't enough to keep me going when things got really tough. How much more so 
when things are crazy and chaotic and tumultuous and it's raining and it's sleeting and of our lives, do we just continually want to say, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I know Jesus is coming. I know it. It's up here somewhere. I know it. But I can't see it. Because all I see in front of me is one more hard thing to do. So if you ask me, the trick isn't simply knowing that Jesus is coming. The trick isn't simply being able to regurgitate or repeat, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. We have to be able to see the end. Through the hike of our lives, we have to be able to see the end. You're like, Justin, how in the world do we do that? How do we see Jesus coming? Well, as we discuss what is supposed to be the end times of Luke, I believe it's much more than just the end times, but we're shown secrets, tricks. We're shown what it is to have the end in sight because when we have the end in sight, it changes everything. It changes the way we hike. It changes the way our, our, our minds work when, it, when tough times come. When we see the hard stuff in front of us, we, we don't have to keep on looking at it, but we can see right before us, this is it. That's what we're going for right there. So we're in Luke chapter 21, answering the question, how do we see the end while hiking through life? How do we see the end while hiking through life? Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 25. And this is the middle of a monologue that Jesus is telling to his disciples. Verse 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. As Ben mentioned before, all of Christ's disciples, all the followers of Christ thought that he was going to come in and take over. That there was going to be this amazing tranquility all across the earth. That they were going to have exactly what they wanted when it comes to living. And Jesus is coming in and he's ruining all of their expectations. He's realigning them. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up here. Guys, I hate to break it to you, but things aren't going to be exactly what you thought they were going to be. In fact, there are going to be all of these things. If we went back into Luke chapter 21, we would see that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be natural disasters. There's going to be destruction. Evil will continue to rise. Things aren't necessarily going to be easy for the followers of Christ. And so Jesus is telling them, look, all of these signs, even signs in the sky, sun, moon, and stars, they're going to be things that are going to, they're going to make you want to run. But hold up, hold up. I am still in control. We're told that others in the world, they're gonna, they're gonna faint because of the terror of the circumstances. They're gonna be apprehensive. I think about it, I mean, to faint. What is it to faint other than our body's reaction to things going on around us and saying, nope, see ya, deuces, turning off. I'm gonna avoid everything so that I don't have to experience. For many of us, it's needles. 
we think of a needle and of drawing blood, and all of a sudden we see that coming, and the body's like, nope, not dealing with that today. See ya. Our body turns off to avoid what seems dangerous or painful. Now, you and I, we might look at the circumstances of this world, and we might not be collapsing over whenever we turn the TV on, but there are other ways in which we avoid the circumstances of this world. Where we say, nope, deuces, I'm turning off. And we find different paths to try to take to avoid. And here's what Christ is saying. There's going to come a point in time where the end, the end is going to need to be in your vision. You're going to have to be able to see the end to get through this because it's going to be so incredibly terrifying to the world around you. You will need to make a decision. Will you continue on or will you be like the rest of the world and find ways to avoid, to turn off, and to distract? And we're told, we're told what the end is. When people avoid, when people distract, when people uh, go back down the mountain of their life because it was too difficult, everybody will see eventually the end. We will all see what the answer always was, Jesus. It seems cliche. Talk about a Sunday school answer. Jesus is the answer. But in this moment, the Son of Man, a title for Christ, a title for Jesus. We can do all we want. We can go back down the mountain. We can justify to ourselves, oh yeah, I can't go any further. It's too dangerous. It's too exhausting. I can't keep up with the pain of this world anymore. I'm gonna do everything in my power to distract myself. But even when we get down to the bottom of the hill, there will be somebody to tell us you missed it. We're told that at the end of this hike of life, everybody will come to recognize Jesus was always the answer. But it's up to us, do we keep on going or do we turn back around? Do we keep on going or do we turn back around? We all have this decision. But look at what Jesus says. When these things begin, verse 20, when these things begin to take place, stand up. Lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Friends, as we were on this hike, and all we could see was this steep sheet of rock with water coming down it and no clear path at the other end, we weren't looking up, we weren't looking around to see, okay, where could this trail be? All we saw was the obstacle in front of us that terrified us, that made us question the next step that we were going to make. So often we walk through life and we're experiencing pain and trauma and sickness and obstacles that want to take us away and make us turn back around and climb back down the hill and say, I'm done. I'm done climbing. Because all we could see is the obstacle in front of us. But Jesus is saying, look, when you see these signs, when pain is increasing, when chaos is ruling your life, stand up, lift your heads, and you will See, stand up, lift your heads, and you will see the Son of Man. Now, we stand up and we see, and we're not physically seeing the Son of Man coming down on clouds right now. But how can we do this each day of our life? When the pain seems so great, what does it mean to you 
to be able to stand up. Because when we stand up and we lift our heads, not only is it bringing our eyes to focus on Jesus, not only is it bringing our eyes and our attention away from the obstacle in front of us, but to something so much greater. But when we stand up and when we lift our heads, it demonstrates to the rest of the world that has now fainted that there is something greater than the chaos that abounds. Our lives become physical demonstrations to everybody around us. So all of a sudden, as you stand up and you lift your head and you have your eyes focused on Jesus, and when your world comes crashing down and you remain standing up, the rest of the world, as they flee in terror, they're looking back and they're saying, wait a minute, how are they doing that? How are they surviving? Why are they continuing to walk that way? Because when we stand up and lift our heads, we don't simply know about the end. We see the end. We begin to see what Jesus has done in our lives, both past, present, and future. All of a sudden, our vision is realigned so that we're not just simply focusing on the hard times before us, but we are able to look down the mountain and see where Christ has brought us so that we can reestablish our faith and to say, this is where Christ is taking us. Stand up and lift your heads. The first part of being able to see the end in our hike of life, stand up and lift your heads. But this is just the first part. Verse 29, as we continue. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. You know, as we talk about end times, there has not been a generation since the time of Christ that has not been obsessed with trying to figure out when those end times might be. They look at the physical circumstances of their world, they're like, oh, this is it. Yeah, there was a war yesterday. Did you hear about that war? Jesus is coming. Did you hear about the war that's going to happen? Jesus is coming. Man, did you hear about that earthquake? Did you hear about that natural disaster? And they're reading into all of the signs. Friends, there hasn't been a single generation in which these signs, wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters, signs in the skies, that they have not been occurring. And so it begs the question, well, is the kingdom of God really near? I mean, for 2,000 years, we've been saying kingdom of God's near, kingdom of God's near. If the kingdom of God was near... Shouldn't it have happened like the first time around these signs were occurring? But maybe, just maybe, when it comes to the physical circumstances, these signs, these physical signs, Jesus isn't necessarily talking about a physical kingdom. You see, Jesus has been preaching from the beginning of his ministry about the kingdom of God. And what that means to then enter into it. He's saying the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. So maybe, just maybe, all of a sudden we're recognizing Jesus is saying, look guys, this isn't going to be a physical kingdom like you had anticipated, like you had expected. In fact, this is going to be something completely different. And so maybe it's time for you and for me when we're reading about the end times, when we're trying to decipher everything that's going on in the world in our own lives, that there is something different to behold. Because where there lacks a physical kingdom that Jesus, that we thought Jesus was coming, he is in fact establishing a spiritual kingdom. And yes, this is a world that maybe we lack physical joy or physical happiness or physical love because everything is going to chaos. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. What I have to offer you is so much greater than physical happiness. 
physical health, physical tranquility. What I have to offer you transcends all of that, is not limited to your physical circumstances. For I bring to you a spiritual kingdom that when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you enter into this kingdom where you experience a hope that is not dependent on the things of this world. I bring you a joy that is not dependent on on happiness because of your wealth or health or your kids or whatever it may be. I bring a love that is not dependent on someone loving you back. I bring you a love that is not conditional to whether you make the wrong or right decisions. I bring you a love that transcends everything. And friends, he's saying, when you see these signs happening all around you, wars, rumors of wars, things happening in the sky, let them draw you to seeing that the kingdom of God is near. And what that means is that for every generation from Christ all the way to now, the kingdom of God has been at our doorstep waiting for us to enter in so that we can experience. We get so stressed. We become obsessed with the times and everything that's going on in the world. And in fact, we allow it so much to distract us from the very thing that we are told to let them draw you to. We become so obsessed, wow, man, all of these things are happening. All of these, America is going down the wasteland. We got all of these things happening, persecution. They hate Christians. They, and we become so obsessed with it that we forget that it's this very thing that Jesus was saying was going to happen that we are supposed to recognize so that we could then continue to rely on the kingdom of God. But instead, we just get angry. We become distracted. We allow our tempers to go throwing, and we're saying, well, man, those guys, they just don't know. Those guys, they just don't know. We need our Christian values back. And we're like, no, Jesus is saying the entire time, this was going to happen. But you're falling into the trap. Instead of recognizing and dealing with, you would distract yourselves by becoming angry. And Jesus is like, no, my spiritual kingdom is at your doorstep. Would you enter in? Allow the signs of the time to point you to me. The true purpose of this monologue is for us to look around, look around and see always that Jesus is near. Let us not be surprised nor obsessed with the times, but simply allow them to direct us to the very place Christ spent his entire ministry telling us about, his kingdom his presence. And so we come to the end then of this particular monologue. Going back to verse 34. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Friends, we are in the midst of these things. In the same way that Christians 2,000 years ago were in the midst of these things happening. We can say, man, I hope I'm not around for the end times. We can say all we want about, man, I hope this and I hope that. I hope I, I, I can avoid that. 
plague or that terror or that war or that earthquake or that natural disaster, that sickness, whatever it might be. We can say all we want, but Christ is saying, look, don't you see, right now, now is the time to pray because you will walk through it. You will experience everything that I'm about to tell you. Every generation will experience what I'm about to tell you. Would you pray that you would have the strength to get through it? Because as we walk, as we hike through this life, it's not simply about knowing that there's an end coming. It's not simply about knowing that, okay, yeah, Jesus is coming. Gotta have joy, gotta have peace, gotta have, no. But when we begin to see, when we begin to recognize that there is an end, and that every step of our hike is drawing us closer to our Savior, it realigns our purpose. Because all of a sudden, we're not just told to hike through it on our own, we're given the very secret of it. We're given the very access to the the trick of it all. That as we walk into the spiritual kingdom of God, we then have his strength pouring through us to be able to walk across that steep sheet of rock that has water flowing down it so that we can get to the end. If we would just stand up, lift our heads, look around. Stand up, lift our heads, look around and recognize these are the times that Jesus was talking about. None of us are escaping it. We're in it. And we are supposed to allow these times to point us to him. But do not allow yourselves to get weighed down, distracted by the anxieties of this life. He says here, make sure, make sure that you will pray that you can have the strength to escape. That you can have the strength to get across that steep sheet of rock. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Here it mentions drunkenness. So many of us have different vices that we allow for ourselves to get through the anxieties of this world. The pains of this world. We can't turn the TV on. We can't open uh, a news article without seeing some kind of evil uprising in this world. And so in order to mask ourselves from this, we do all sorts of things. We find pleasures in the routes that we should not be finding pleasures, whether it's escaping through drunkenness. Maybe we're addicted to porn because we just, it just makes us feel comfortable in that moment. Maybe maybe we're we're so stuck on, on drugs because it's allowing us to numb the pain to escape everything that we're walking through. And I can list all of these things. I mean, sex, drugs, alcohol, things that make us distract, that numb us from these things, but and I would think that many of us recognize this. We know that we, we shouldn't be out getting drunk. We know that we shouldn't be watching porn or, or, or doing drugs. But what about the other things in this life? That we allow to distract our minds from the realities of this world. When we become so obsessed with our kids' sports... That all of a sudden, instead of walking them through a, a spiritual formation, we're giving them more praise for their achievements or their academic performance or our workload. These things that are acceptable in our culture and society because they're not, well, 
It's not getting drunk. It's not sleeping around. I'm not addicted to anything. But the entire time, we're sticking our heads in the sand and we're like, well, no, I'm, I'm busy with this today. I'm busy with this today. I'm busy with this today. Christ is saying, be careful. Be careful that you do not become like the rest of the world, falling faint to the terrors and uh, distracted by the times, because it's the times that then bring us closer to Christ. But the more and more and more that you try to escape them, the more and more and more that you reject me. The more and more that you try to find alternative routes from going across the hard times, the closer you go to turning away from me for good. Friends, it's so much more than simply knowing that there's an end. We are, become, we are being called to stand up, to lift our heads, look around, recognize the realities, and realize that it's these times that are meant to be drawing us closer to Christ. And what does he say here at the end? And pray. Because even when you don't know where to go, even if you can't see the next step, as we enter into the spiritual kingdom of God, we do have access to one thing. It is to call out to him who sees our steps. I mean, imagine, I don't know if there was anybody else on that trail that we were hiking, but imagine if we had just called out and said, hey, is anybody out there? Can someone help us? We can't see where we're going. They'd have been like, oh, these punks, they don't. They don't know, but they would have been like, all right, come this way. But friends, we have that in Christ. He's waiting there at the other side saying, hey, just call out to me. I will make sure you know each and every step that you have to take. Don't be distracted. Just look up, lift your heads, and see me. Allow the obstruction, allow the obstacle, allow whatever you're about to walk through. Instead of running away from it, instead of turning around, allow it to raise your head and see me. And if you're scared, and even if you're not scared, call out to me. Lift your heads, look around, and call out. Friends, what we have to ask ourselves is, what is dictating our life? What is dictating our life? Life, because whatever is dictating our life, whatever is what we're trying, whatever our expectations are, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to rely upon when tough times do come. When someone fails, when someone fails you, when you fail someone else, if all you can think about is that failure, friends, your eyes are not on Jesus, your eyes are on the failure. If you're struck by panic and anxiousness and anger perpetually, friends, your eyes are not on Jesus. If you spend more time praising your children for their achievements than their walk with God, then your eyes are not on Jesus. If you can't find time with God because you have a thousand other things going on, then your eyes are not on Jesus. You may know that there's an end, but you aren't seeing it. And when push comes to shove, and when the times get crazy, you will not see Jesus. And you'll miss out on his hope and his love and his joy and his peace that transcends all the physical circumstances. And not only will you miss out on it, 
But when you faint and run away and when you become so terrorized by everything in your world, you deny the person beside you the opportunity to see that your eyes could have been on Jesus. This is so much more than you and me. I think back to that hike and man, had I just gone across that steep sheet of rock, I could have called out to my brother and to my best buddy and said, hey, it's right here. The end is right here. But I didn't. And I think about every opportunity in my own life where I'm so concentrated on my own failures, where I'm so concentrated on the physical circumstances of this world when I open up the news app and say, what in the world is going on? Friends, what does it mean for you to be able to stand up, lift your head, look around, and call out so that the rest of the world could see Jesus at the end. What does that look like for you this week? What does it look like for your kids to see you running after Jesus? What dictates your life will be what you see when the obstacles come. I implore you, I exhort you. This is good news. I was talking with a guy earlier this morning. I'm like, I don't know if this is a positive message or a discouraging message. Friends, this is good news. We got Jesus at the end waiting for us right here, right now. Will we pursue him? Will we see him at the end? Father, we love you and we praise you. You've given us your son. You've given us this Sunday. Lord, I pray that this scripture would continue to break us down. Lord, would you continue to open our eyes and hear and see that you are right there and that we just need to take that one more step to listen to you, to follow you, to discover you. God, I pray that you would have been with my words. Lord, go before us and may all things in you hold together. Prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. We give you all the praise and glory through the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Pursue. We'll see you for Easter. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 1030 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, Find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.